Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. Adele getting us going, taking us in this morning. I heard this song when I was somewhere recently, and I haven't heard that for a number of uh, months. And it just got me thinking about how when we are young, we think that so much stuff is possible, and then something happens for us. I've had this video on Instagram for a while now and people have been engaging with it recently. I reposted it actually and a number of people were like, fucking are you all good? Because uh, it was pretty it's pretty full on but I think something happens to people, our imagination gets taken away, our dreams get taken from us, we maybe encounter some tall poppy, we um, get into a bit of fear, we're scared what people are going to say about us, all of those different types of things and so that little energetic, proud brave character that we once had inside ourselves slowly gets taken away from us and then we just conform into doing as we should and sitting in the middle of the pack or whatever it is it's it's very hard to figure out what's actually happened there and I don't hear heaps of people talking about it but I'm sure you can relate to that but I also think you have times where you can recall what you used to think you wanted to be or do or achieve when you were younger and then realize, wow, I never think like that anymore, or how come I'm so quick to dismiss what could be possible for myself? And if you can, I think it's a good way to give yourself a reminder that you were once like that, so what the fuck happened? What happened? Anyway, before we get going, I just wanted to share a message that I got recently. Somebody asked me, because people have been asking me at the moment, books that I'd recommend. I've done a podcast on that. If you search for books underneath the Keep the Change podcast, you'll find two podcasts on books, two that I suggested you read this year because I knew they'd be important for this year, and then some that I've read throughout my life and that have helped me that are often about mindset, money, those types of things. Go and check those out. But someone messaged me on LinkedIn. They said, hey, Luke, wondering what are your top one or two book recommendations for abundance mindset? Question mark. Big fan of your work. Cheers for what you do. And I simply replied, uh, think and grow rich and Psycho-Cybernetics, so two books, and they said, uh, and I said, enjoy, they said, epic, cheers, and I said, let me know what you think, uh, because that's kind of my test, if they're listening, to, do they actually eventually come back to you, and I didn't think anything more about this, obviously, carried on with my life, and that was June 26th, now today is August the 20th, hey Luke, been ticking away at Think and Grow Rich as an audiobook whilst commuting, Since starting the book, we've commenced the build and got our finance sorted on a spec build for my husband's small building business. I've advocated for myself at work, and I've been offered a promotion. And we've just put a piece of land under contract for future development. Biggest takeaway was the concepts around imposter syndrome for me. Three things in here. One, I advocated for myself. Takes action, listens to a book, something happens in that book that helps this person become somebody who they weren't before they listened to the book. They then take action, they advocate for themselves, that's fucking massive, they get a win off of the back of that, i.e. the promotion, now they've stacked a win. Now, probably going to increase and improve their own self-confidence through doing that. Secondly, they are taking risk in a contractionary time where a lot of people are wanting to stay under the sheets and not wanting to take any risk and are freaking out. Thirdly, biggest takeaway was the concepts around imposter syndrome. Now I think going back to the start 
of this pod that is part of it. I see this all the time with business owners. I see it with all sorts of people. We go through this stage of, am I really good enough? Do I really know what I'm doing? Who am I to be in this room? What if I get rejected? That's just going to mean that, yeah, I am full of shit. All of this stuff. And I heard somebody talking about it in a podcast recently. It's this, this topic, this concept of imposter syndrome is never going away. And if you doubt yourself, then go and learn about imposter syndrome. You're no different to every, anybody else. Everybody. We all got to go through this. It's just a part of growing and learning. But I have a saying, you can't fault results. All that means is if you've got the results, you don't need to worry about this shit because you've got the results to back it up. So all that's happening is in your head, you questioning whether you deserve to be there. As an example, I love taking this back to our All Blacks, for instance, Bodie Barit kicking at 90%. Can't fault results. He's got results. But on day one, I'd imagine when he went to kick goals, people would be like, why is it him that gets to kick the goals? Who does he think he is? And he would have been having those same thoughts too, like, shit, really going to have to prove this. And I bet at one stage he would have gone on a tough run where he wasn't kicking at that rate. I don't know what his average over his career is, but he would have been questioning himself, fucking, you know, should I be the one kicking this goal at the end of the uh, at the game? Now step up, the boy Richie Mwanga recently as well, giving everyone a lesson, kicking a goal at the end of a game, winning the game, and then saying, yeah, I was doing this before the game, visualizing kicking the winning goal. Oh, we should clip that shit out and have it fucking running on loop on every news channel, every fucking hour until people realize how important it is to visualize, to back yourself and step up and win a, sorry, I'm fired up now, to win a game. Like, how cool is that? Can we please get that, that clip in front of more children? And these are all the things that start to come out for you when you start to discover imposter syndrome and just finding out, you know, why you're freaking out and why you're going back into your shower, why you're scared when you're going to networking, like all those different things that we all have to go through that are usually intermingled but you can learn them, you can unlearn them, the ones that aren't serving you well, and you can keep going in the direction you need to go. Now, speaking of unlearning, I want you to do some unlearning of the getting trapped in the political race, 14th of October, and don't worry, there'll be no real change financially, I think, from what I've read so far, until the 1st of April, when we might get the GST off fruit and veggies, etc. So what's that? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, seven months. Whether we have a red or a blue government until we start to see some change in indexing, indexing tax rates and things, that's seven months away. Now, I genuinely believe, as I thought more about what these political parties are saying they're going to do, let's be honest, it's going to be a red or a blue government and, and therefore don't we can kind of ignore Act in the Greens a little bit and the other parties because they're going to have some input. But you're probably going to see what National Labour are putting forward as the tax things we need to focus on. Now... I was thinking about what's the maximum possible benefit of voting for one of those parties in terms of what you're going to get in your back pocket. Because I know that most people vote with a bit of self-interest, and that's okay. We're humans. They know that's what they're doing their marketing towards. And I think 50 bucks might be the most that you can get per week from one of the political parties. And that's only for a small subsection of the population. Now, that is 160,000 people, I think, that could get up to that. But it won't kick in until 1st of April 2026. So that's three years and seven months. So again, probably not. That's that's not enough for me to, to be like, okay, I'm going to put all of my eggs in the political party 
basket and be so excited for the election and then wait for 1 April and then my life is going to get so much better. So I thought what I would do is I would challenge myself to see if I can teach you how to beat any of the politicians and ensure that you keep more money back in your pocket. And what I've done is I've come in here today into work on a Sunday, on the Lord's Day, giving it up for you. Hopefully they're okay with that. Apologize. And I turn notifications off. I put my email off, everything, anything that could distract me, and you just got to work. Now, basically, what I've done is laid out, here's what you may end up with in your back pocket if you go blue, if you go red. I honestly don't care which way you go, and I don't want to convince you which way to go. It just, it's just yuck. That's not what this is about, right? This is going to be called Two Ticks for You. Two Ticks You. That's what the webinar is, is let's focus on what we can do. Because I believe, well, what I think is that a number of times these political parties aren't actually helping probably the likes of you listening to this podcast and myself. Yes, they've got to do their thing and that's their role and they've got to do that. It's just part of life and the world that we live in. But I really think that a lot of these policies are actually for a small percentage of people but then we can't help ourselves but be interested in it and have the marketing in front of us and think about it and be like, okay, how do I get involved in this and what's in this for me? I mean, really... For a lot of people, there's $25 a week sitting fucking right in front of them. They just don't know that it's there. They can't see it yet. So in this webinar, I'm going to help you see what is in front of you. I'm going to show you all the different ways that my brain gave me when I started thinking about this, when I challenged myself to say, Luke, how would you teach people to think bigger than the wins that these political parties are going to tell people they can get? And you're going to have to wait till the 1st of April for them to kick in too. And I'm thinking, I reckon I can beat them. Let's fucking roll. Chris, Chris, Luke. It's the two Chris's versus Luke. So in this webinar, we're going to look. And I'm going to take them both on. And I'm going to find ways for you to ensure that before the 1st of April, you've got enough education that should you take action, should you take action. And I'm going to address too why you won't take action. Because I know there's a stack of you who won't. I'm talking to you. Yeah looking in the mirror at yourself in your car at the moment, looking back at you, that's you, yes, that is, that's you not taking action. And I know why you're not too. So I'm going to tell you and I'm going to show you how you can change that. I'm going to teach you something you've never been taught before of how you can ensure that that person looking back in the mirror isn't the person that's going to fuck everything up for you because you're going to make it happen. And you're going to go to the polls and you're still going to vote and you're going to be a good Samaritan and participate and you're still going to debate people with the ripper policies and stuff and you're going to know that come 1st of April you've already kicked the politician's ass and we're going to do it together there's going to be hundreds of us hopefully thousands going to record it people are going to be able to watch it they're going to be able to go back a second time a third time and that was my piece of work today and it took me over three hours I think would it be three yeah easily over three hours and there are 80 slides and it is a life-changing piece of information. And I can probably copy and paste the slides in an election cycle, change up what the new changes will be, and be like, here you go, here's the new answers. But I have not confirmed a date for that yet because I've got a bid on. Uh, I've got to go away at the start of September. I really want to do it and do it now because I'm an activator. I want to do things quickly. But I don't think I'll do it justice by rushing it and doing it in the next couple of weeks. So it will probably be in the back end of September and it will be a cracker. So look out for that.
However, this week we are looking at something exciting for myself. This follows on from last week's Money Mail. And I've called this one, I made 50K in July. Yes, I made $50,000 in July. Now, I'll burst the bubble and say, I got you with the clickbaity title there because I see the open rate is high, but I wanted people to dial in. And I will be one of those people who is a bit more authentic and genuine at the end of the email and this podcast and say, all is not what it seems. But let's get into this and get started and see what this is all about. So Keep the Change is over three years old now. There are 171 money mails. There are 393 podcasts for a total of 200 hours of teaching and learning. There are more than 800 Instagram posts. There's easily over 5,000 Instagram stories. I almost guess it's probably like over 8,000. But anyway, that's thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours spent getting the content in front of more people. There's a lot of content and a lot of work. It doesn't just happen. You have to do the reps. What did happen was that in July, a lot of this work for me paid off. Now in July, we at Next Advisory, plus me, locked in over $50,000 worth of work directly from the Keep the Change audience or via inquiry from that channel. So I'm talking new accounting clients, talking speaking gigs, some business valuation work, mentorship, some due diligence stuff, and some one-off business consulting with clients who have said, I found you through Keep the Change, could you please help me? Over $50,000 of this in one month. It was like it all flooded in at once. Now, of course, we still need to do the work. We need to deliver the work, so it's not like I just got given 50k. We've got to do the work, we've got to invoice for it, we've got to collect for it, we've got to make sure that people are happy and transact. But obviously we're more than happy to do this. This is what I do um, in my actual job. This is my spare time, which has then led to this audience getting bigger, people getting enough value and saying, could you help me? So was July an outlier? Yes. Was it worth it? Hell yes. For context, June, zero. July, 50. There you go, okay? So it's not like, holy fuck, look, mate, 50 grand from Keep the Change every bloody month. Not the case. Definitely an outlier, but just crazy how it all snowballed into that month. And it got me thinking back, going, what led to this? And how come it's this month? But anyway, that's something for me to figure out. Now, last week, we spoke about the concept of investing in yourself and how it's been the best investment to make for years and years and years. Many successful people say things like that, including Warren Buffett, who we spoke about last week. People also say that if you follow your passion, the money will come. Who's heard that? Chase your passion. Follow your passion. If you do what you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. All of those types of things. Well, July is proof of that for me. But look at how long that has taken and how much effort I've had to put in. So please, don't be under any illusion that you can flick your passion switch, ding, and the money's just going to roll in. That is not how it works. But the concept is correct. Now very quickly on that, you may be very passionate about something and solve a really big problem and find a really big market with a lot of demand and you might actually be able to flick that switch pretty quickly. I'm talking like 30 days here. As an example, you might be 
the best cricketer in the country that has never played for the Black Caps. Or maybe you did and then you got injured. And you were the, the wonder person. Well, you could build an online course, for instance, or some sort of training manual, or do one-on-one coaching and say, look, I'm going to show you everything I did to speed up your journey to be the best cricketer you can be. And you might go into America and find that there are tens of thousands of people who want to learn how to do that. Cricket's probably a bad idea for America, sorry. And you launch that into there. You build up a database of those people. You explain to them that you can do that. You leverage off everything you've done, and you teach them how to get better. So what you've done is you've solved a problem, you've got authority, you've got a marketplace, you've got demand, and you can sell them something. And if you're massively passionate about that, then you could monetize that quite quickly. Now, for me, I didn't set out with Keep the Change to be like, right, in three years' time in July, I'm going to fucking need to pull 50 grand worth of work out of this. It's just a bonus. It's great. You know, it's not the intention. But the point here is when you stay close to the things you're passionate about, so for me, the economy, business, teaching, content, helping people, eventually the world can't help but notice, especially if you're adding a stack of value. So passion makes it easier to do the work because you're enjoying what you're doing. But it doesn't need to take three years, I guess is what I'm saying, using that cricket example. If you've got something that you can do that solves a problem for people, don't just fucking let it take three years because that's what Luke is now saying or that's what happened for me with this. It can happen faster if you have a plan to shorten the time frame. Now passion feeds into longevity going the extra mile, carrying yourself with a certain level of energy and conviction. Eventually, the opportunities will come for you and you have the chance to monetize them. So I've monetized some of these opportunities through talking about my passion. Sorry, the opportunities have come through talking about my passion and helping people and sticking close to that and being able to stay in there for over three years. And then I've monetized them in Next Advisory, which is my job and my vehicle of, okay, you need help with that, I can actually do that, that's going to cost X, Y, Z, let's get started and let's make this shit happen and let's help you get closer to your goals. So some of you as well may be thinking, well mate, 50 fucking grand of revenue, let's be honest here, it's revenue, it's not actual cash in your back pocket, that's a lot of effort to put in if it's taking you three years, what's the point? Well, I went to uni for four years. Remember, last week we spoke about education and how long that takes. What, 15 years? Let's just say 15, right? But I went to uni for four years and I ended up with a decent student loan. My starting role for the entire year when I came out of university with that student loan that had taken me four years was less than $50,000. Now granted, inflation has meant that this number, 50000 in July 2023, could be almost equivalent to what I was going to make in a year when I started my accounting job. But three years isn't long for me anymore. That is the point. I've learned to zoom out and to think longer term. Uni took me four years. So three years creating content, helping people, building out value, doing a shitload of stuff, and then you make 50 grand in a month. Hmm, seems pretty fucking reasonable to me. To other people, they might be like, nah, not for me. Seems like that's too slow. Like I said, you do you. You do your journey, you figure out how quickly you want it to happen. That wasn't my intention, but it has happened. Because, like I said before, 
the opportunities will come because the world can't help but notice. So three years isn't long for me anymore. And when I started Keep the Change, I sort of thought, if I can, there must be a decade's work here. If I'm truly passionate about it, there must be a decade's worth of work. So let's see. But I challenge myself as well to be a producer. I have a value and it is output is greater than input. Very, very simple. Wrote it down the first time in 2017, I think it was. Found some notes the other day. And for me, that basically means, are you producing more than you're consuming? Are you giving more than you're taking? You've heard me talk about that before. Well, why? Well, I learnt that the world will return what you planted. So what are you planting? What are you producing? This is a world of consumption. How much shit can we consume on our phones, from a store, in our emails? Constantly bombarded to consume. But what can you plant and what can you produce? Those are two things you want to be thinking about if you want to change your life and get out of the consumption pattern. Now it's easier to plant and produce when you're doing something that you're passionate about. So what are you passionate about? It would need an entire pod to try and figure that out. If you could figure that out in five minutes, if you could put that into chat GPT, it would be great if there's an algorithm where you could just ask it and say, hey, what am I passionate about? I think that would solve a lot of people's problems because this is where they get stuck. They're not sure what they're passionate about. But that is a topic for another day. In very simple terms, I would suggest looking at your search history, asking your friends what do you always talk about. Have a look at what you love doing with your friends. See what's on the front screen of your phone. What app do you always use? Why? Who are you following? What do you look up on YouTube? What podcast do you listen to? There will be clues in there. The other question I sometimes say to people is, if you won lotto, you could never work again. No, that ain't it. What I say is if you could, you've only got six months left to live, but you have to work, what work would you do? That could be the question to ask yourself as well. For some reason, my brain defaults to working in a restaurant and looking after the customers and trying to give them a good experience. So I think that's what that's actually about for me. I like to help people have a good time and do those sorts of things. So there's something there, but I can take pieces of that and move it over to different areas. And you could try that exercise yourself. So a lot of people go down the, you know, if money is not a thing, what would you do? That's cool. So if you won lotto, what would you do? But usually if you, you get stuck back into your fucking thousand thoughts you've already had about, I'd buy a Lambo and do all this shit. You're like, that's not the purpose of the exercise. So that's why I say to people, You've only got six months to live, but you've got to go to work every day. What would you do? That could get you thinking. But anyway, podcast for another uh, another day. Could you consistently work on your passion for three years? What do you think would happen if you did? Now remember, you might not get any reward until year three as well. So it can be so hard because you can be really passionate about something and not get anything back in return. And then you're like, well, what's the point of this? And that's probably, just as you're about to quit, you've seen that meme, you've seen that photo where someone's digging for diamonds and they give up, they walk back out and they're just on the other side of that extra bit of dirt. So sometimes you're not going to know how long it's going to take. But just think about, have you actually worked on something for three years in your life? And if you consistently worked on something you were passionate about for three years, what do you think would happen if you did that? Now before we go... Remember the realities of such statements as, I made 50k in July, because these are everywhere 
online these days, including on Spotify, in your podcast, on the title, uh, in your email on Friday at 9am. But social media is full of ads around this stuff because it's designed to get your attention to be like, holy shit, you know, I made what oh, I made about 2.5k, how the f- did you make 50k, what's going on here? But people love talking about revenue, especially like drop shipping and all this sort of shit, even in the construction space, but they forget about all the materials and stuff they've had to pay for. So really, like they're only making the margin, not the actual sales piece. We'll get to this in a second. I'm not picking on the construction people. I'm just saying, you know, you've got to be careful what you listen to and go like, oh, seriously? Like, well, what am I doing? It's You should be inspired and go like, whoa, okay, hang on. How does this work? Teach me. And I actually asked Mikey on a podcast yesterday, I said, mate, you need to explain to the people, because I've been asked, how does trail income work and commission income and things like that? So we do a podcast on that that'll be out for you soon. But you'll see these statements online and on social media. People love talking about revenue. But there is a famous saying in business, and that is, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. For you and I individually, what this means is it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So people can say, oh, I make 150 grand a year. And you're like, holy shit, you know, you'll be doing well, like good on you. And then you're like, oh, actually, okay, you, you know, you get out of the, wow, that's amazing because you make 80. And you jump on payee.net, you key in 150K, and you see what their tax is, and it's probably about 50K. Then you're like, oh, okay, so you actually only make 100K. Well, yeah, you just said you make 150, which you do, but I was thinking about it from a different angle. So I'm actually going to do this, 150K. Okay, so after KiwiSaver and PAYE and ACC, $102,000. So imagine just saying to someone, they're like, yeah, I get paid 150K a year. If you're like, no, mate, you actually only get paid 103. They'd be like, hey, don't fucking, don't tell me that. Who do you think you are? But it just shows you that often we don't think about the next layer. We just think about what we've been told. So it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Don't forget, from my example, that work that needs to be done and delivered. There are expenses, of course, staff, team, and office, running it, getting it done. And of course, there's taxes as well to come out of that 50K. That's before we get to, in my practice, what we get to keep and what will end up in the bank account in cash. So if you're building something at the moment and you feel like you're not making progress, or if you're learning something at the moment and you feel like you're not getting a return, this is my message to you from this is it's not me bragging about making 50k in July, the message is to stay in it. And hopefully that got you thinking about what's possible for you, what you're passionate about, how long you'll go down the path for, how long you currently have been, what you're willing to sacrifice to do that, what your opportunity cost may be to do that. But know that if you do follow your passion long enough, the world cannot, cannot, what's the, what am I trying to say? They cannot help But notice, my brain got distracted because I started thinking of Ed Sheeran and thinking about the same thing for him. And Steph Curry, apparently, someone tells me, my sister told me, there's a doco on him being told, no, you can't, you know, you're not going to do it. But if you can stay in it and stay in it long enough, eventually the world can't help but notice. You can't fault results. So go out and kick those goals. You are one of over 8,250 recipients of Money Mail. There's over 3,200 subscribers on LinkedIn now as well. Uh, over 20,000 people on Instagram, 69,000 downloads of the podcast in July. Hopefully August will be another crack a month. 
Before we go, did you know, according to a 2019 Deloitte survey of 3,000 full-time workers in the USA across job levels and industries, only 20% say they are truly passionate about their work. Two in 10 people in the survey are like, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Now that is not surprising, is it? But it just shows you that we're probably really impressed and inspired and in awe of people who are passionate about what we what they do because A, there's an 8 out of 10 chance on this survey data that we are not. So then when we see the 2 out of 10 that are, we're like, whoa, you know, they're on a fucking different level. They are doing raro sachets before they get to work. Well, they don't even need to. And they are fizzing. And that is a level of energy I would like to be able to tap into. But maybe we can't in the here and now with how we are going but it doesn't mean you can't find ways to fill your bucket up and do some of those things you are passionate about outside of work and then gently transition out at some stage. Now my goal with Keep the Change is to help 100,000 Kiwis learn more about personal finance via knowledge and taking action. Together we can change the wealth of the nation. So do not forget that webinar that is incoming and thank you to all the people who emailed back to say that is really inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with me, uh, that meant a lot. And I know a lot of you uh, think like that, but you won't send a message, and that's completely fine. I don't expect you to, nor need you to. Um, but I hope that you can find some inspiration in this week's Money Mail, and you can find areas of your life that you're passionate about, get closer to them, and then see where it can take you, because I tell you what, it is a bloody awesome feeling. Adele, thank you for taking us out. Be good, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Keep the Change Money Mail series. From the way you talk to the way you move. Everybody is watching you because you feel like home. You're like a dream come.